Sasha. Hey, Courtney. What do you call an elf walking backwards? I don't know, but I'm scared of it. A fle. It will face God and walk backwards into hell. It's spoop hour. Instead of intros, we just do drill tweets. Right? <laughs> Let's face God and walk backwards into hell together. <coughs> so, uh... <laughs> Someone's sick and it's I'm, actually not me. I'm sick now. I got the sick yeah. from... I'm not going to say it's from Courtney. No, I'm going to say was, it's, like, from everyone. Yeah, I was very sequestered Yeah, for a very long time. Yeah, so I'm just dying now. Well, but we'll we you. are sitting on the couch together. We are. It's very exciting. And not recording separately. And when you die and you're just bones, you can ride a bicycle and be the fastest thing on the world. Yeah, because no air resistance. Yes. Yeah. So uh, we are a paranormal comedy podcast, and you are here now. Yes. And we're happy to hear you. We're happy or to see hear you. you. I, we're ha- you're, I hope you're happy to hear us, and we're happy that you're hearing us. And we're happy to see you. Don't turn around. Don't turn around. I'm just kidding. We're not behind you. No. So you will not hear the cat this week. Oh my god, stop kicking me. <laughs> but she's going to kick Sasha, so you You'll hear Sasha referring to the cat. The cat is well, so we got the update last week. Biopsy, all good, nothing bad. They got all of it anyway. But she's still wearing a cone and she's silent and deadly. Yes, I like tripped a on fart. her yesterday and thought I was gonna die. Like like many farts. So basically, she's still in the cone because she got her stitches out on Friday and they just recommend she wear the cone for an extra couple days so she doesn't reopen her incision. So she's silent, but she's healthy, like a fart. So, you Good, know. she's getting a lot of fiber. Yes. Nice. How about you? You getting a lot of fiber? I am. Good. Yeah, I took a nice rest this morning. Is that what you call poops? Yep. Because, <laughs> you know, like, it's a restroom. I'm going to go yeah. take a big old rest. Take, oh, oh, man, don't go in there. I just took the biggest, <laughs> the biggest rest. <laughs> I am well rested. <laughs> anyway, anyway, if you're listening to us, you can also find us on the internet at Twitter. At Twitter. On, on Twitter, Twitter. At Spoop Hour. On Instagram, at Spoop Hour. And you can email us. SpoopHour at gmail.com. Yeah. Tell us your ghost stories. Tell us your ghost stories. If you are hanging out with relatives and you don't want to talk to them about when you're going to have a baby and why aren't you married yet, ask if they've ever seen ghosts and then report back what they say. Yeah. The She's begin- making quiet biscuits behind me and I love it. This okay. is still the cat. This is still the cat. This not is not Courtney. some mysterious ghost that we've accumulated. Yeah, or if you're like, oh man, I have this story that I really want to tell them, but it's really long and I don't know how to like write it down, da- or like you know you don't want to write it down, you want to just like record it and you send it to us. Sure, we'll listen. We'll to take it, that too. And we'll take that too. Yeah, we'll just send us shit. Yeah, yeah, we'll love it. Yeah, do it. Do it. Do it. Did anything spooky happen to you this week? 
Well, okay, I'm sick, so that's yeah, spooky because I don't get sick very often. And we're um, going to go into one of the spooky causes, potentially, of your illness today. Yeah. But I guess, like, a spooky... Th- oh, well, okay, just the general... The sun is setting earlier and earlier, mm-hmm. and I had to walk to a very long way to get to my car the other evening after work, and I was, like, very upset. <laughs> but yesterday, I went to a cookie and wine tasting... Wine pairing tasting thing mm-hmm. at Lumont. I'm in, like, what, just what, kind of a little bit out west. It's like an hour away from us. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a really fun time. It's this beautiful place. There's You can see the Blue Ridge Mountains. It's really nice. But I met one of my friend's new girlfriends, and she introduced herself, and I was, like, really happy to meet her. And she we were talking about, like, pop culture bento a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then she goes, and I know you have a podcast. And I went, huh? She Sorry? goes, because I listened to it. Okay, that was really weird. And oh I was my like, god. oh my god. No. So I was really excited <laughs> that I now have a new friend who listens to our podcast. Well, that's but fun. it was it was really nice and I it was very unexpected and she acknowledged that it was very weird for her to lead with that. And I was no, like, no, 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 great. it's great. I'm glad that it. and she thought it, she was like, Yeah, now I'm like hanging out with the voice that I listen to. I mean, "Ah, it's probably weird to see the voice that you've been hearing in your head, like, talk in person. Yeah, so Karina, I'm happy that you listen to our podcast. Hi, Karina. it wasn't weird at all. I'm really excited. I texted Courtney immediately. She did, and I was like, OMG, and I think I did a crying face. Yeah, I was like, I met someone who listens to our podcast. Yay! So, yeah, that was, was, it wasn't spooky. It was just very nice. Yay! The nice kind of spooky. The nice kind of spooky. Well, How about you? For me, yesterday I was at a friend's engagement party that we pre-gamed by going to a winery out in Leesburg. Leesburg oh, yesterday, so yesterday was we like were, a winery day for it us. Was, yes, we also separately. Did, yeah, we did a wine tasting, but it was with the first like three rounds were with like various crackers and dips, mm. and the then the last were really two good that we did. were chocolates that went with dessert wines, and they were fucking delicious. So. I already have forgotten the name of the winery, but if you're by it, go to it. You know, that winery out in Leesburg. There's like 17 of those. Anyway, we were there, and then we went to this brewery, and on the way into the brewery, my boyfriend and I were playing the I Bet This Place is Haunted AF game, even though he doesn't believe in ghosts, because there was this house that was clearly long abandoned, and it looked like at some point it had burned down. Fabioli Cellars, that's the name of the winery. Oh, I've been there. Yeah. yeah. It's really good. Yeah, it's really good. I just remember that. And yeah. then Vanish is the brewery that we went to. So when you're driving in, it's dark now because it was like 4.30, which means the sun had been down for 16 years. And <laughs> Christ. <laughs> we're, we turn onto the gravel road and there's this house that has obviously long been abandoned and it looked like at some point it had burned down. Mm-hmm. And so like half of it looks all burned down where it's just like the wood goes up into nothing there's no Mm -hmm. roof on that part and like trees not trees but like plants and shit had overgrown it and were like poking out of the windows where there was no longer glass and i was like this is clearly soups haunted so and my boyfriend was like no that's just an abandoned house and i'm like no it's haunted and then we ended the night at this friend's parents house for the official engagement party And apparently, the realtor who sold the parents their house, this friend is convinced is a serial killer. Oh, Christ. And, like, the way he spoke of the house, they're like, there's 100% bodies under the basement, so this house is haunted AF. And I was like, I'm sorry, can we go back to that? And they were like, no, it's probably not haunted. And I'm like... Can we go back to that? Can we can we go into this? It's it's funny that you were talking about this like overrun building mm-hmm. and you know your boyfriend being like it's not haunted and you being like it's soups haunted. Soups haunted. When like 
between us, you are the skeptic. Yes. And your boyfriend is even more skeptical. Yeah, he's even skeptic-ier. Actually, that just reminded me this morning on... Actually, one other spooky thing that happened yesterday. Mm -hmm. None of us coordinated what food we were ordering for the table, and all three couples ordered the same appetizer. So we just had a lot of mozzarella and tomatoes. (laughs) Um, So that was spooky and coincidental. And delicious. And delicious. I I regret now not ordering the brie the baked brie i will say if you get out to fabioli over at some time before december ends they have what they call a holiday jam and i would like to purchase a jar of the holiday jam they served it with brie on Mm -hmm. a cracker and their holiday jam consists of like cranberry and orange and deliciousness i did that i did that wine pairing or i did that tasting with the yeah with the i've done i did yeah, I did the cheese and holiday one yeah. last year or two years ago. Yeah. And actually, it was me and my friends going to Bluemont and then Fabioli it's like, in the so same good. day. It was really good. I, I thought of one spooky thing, though, that happened this morning. Ooh, um, so it was snowing in Richmond, and we had to get the hell out of there. But when we were on 95, I was looking at my, out the window. I had my forehead pressed up against it. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of this, like, empty field, mm-hmm. there was this big house that looked like it had been burned and abandoned at some point. Uh-oh. And it was just sitting in the middle of the field. And I was very spooked out, and I just kept watching it, and it was like you know doing the thing, like come around, and I was like, oh. But so, Sasha, there hasn't been right a house and there so, in forty five. I'm like, years. I've made that drive from Richmond to DC several times mm-hmm. in the last couple of years, and like have never been aware of this building sitting in the field, mm-hmm. and maybe only because I would I wasn't driving, I was the passenger mm-hmm. that I noticed it today, but I was very like uncomfortable looking at it. Mm-hmm. So that place is haunted. Yes. Okay, so our topic for today, <laughs> sorry, is what you did. Just here is me and Sasha talking about snot, and because I cut it. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> So our topic for today is gelling with our holiday theme. I hope you enjoy our holiday theme song. I made Jack listen to it yesterday in the car for fifteen for times. Fifteen times. It was really funny. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, though. we we really like our holiday theme. We do. I was kind of I'm kind of sad that we can only use it for upwards of like six episodes, maybe yeah. five at most. Yeah. Every but year we're, we're gonna maximize the life we get. We will maximize. Yeah. We're gonna try. We could, we could do it for like an April Fool's episode next there year. There we go. Yeah. Like there it. we go. Bring Boom. it back. TBT. Just wait for it. But yeah, we're doing elves today. Elves. Talk, talking about elves. I've got Japan. She's got Europe. Yeah, mostly yeah. Europe. Yeah, and so we'll be talking through a bunch of different kinds of elves some of them friendly some of them not so friendly yeah some of them tangentially related to elves because the word elf is very western it's very like (laughs) a lot of the times i was like reading this thing and then in the final sentence of the paragraph and they'd be like this is actually fairies and i'm like come the fuck on man yeah why are you doing this there's no one-to-one no for elves and dwarves in japanese lore so i kind of had to stretch it a little bit to things that like were kind of elf-like that sounds about right and so i asked like my mom and Mm -hmm. i asked my boyfriend because they're both japanese and Mm -hmm. so and i mean i'm also japanese but i'm not like keyed in Mm -hmm. like like my mom grew up in japan my boyfriend grew up in japan so Mm -hmm. i was like Name some things that are tangentially related to elves that maybe I could start doing research on. And, like, as and I... they were like, Lord of the Rings! <laughs> as I started doing a little bit more research into it, I was, like, finding things that were kind of related. Yeah. I went, oh, okay, so I'll just follow this thread for a while, yeah. tug on it. I kind of did that, but with, like, Western culture. Yeah. And if you're hearing a weird noise right now, 
That is my cat licking her cone. She can't lick herself right now because, again, she's still in her cone. So she licks the cone. So she licks the cone, and I it think it brings a fun her noise. And it makes a weird noise. So if you're hearing, like, a brushing sound, it's not a ghost. It's my cat licking her cone. Yes, the first time she did it, I nearly peed my pants because it was in the middle of the night. And yeah. I was like, what the fuck what's, is that what's sound? What's this What's thing? happening? <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. much. Earlier, your fingernail brushed up against I, yeah. it, and I thought Zelda farted. <laughs> She has farted before, but they're always silent and deadly. Nice. Yeah. Okay, do you want to go first? Sure. Okay. <laughs> I'm sick, so I'm going to rest my vocal cords. Yes, do that. Yeah. And then if you need to get some more tea, yes. just hold up your mug, and then I'll stop talking, okay. and you can run upstairs, and I'll edit it out. <laughs> All right. So elves have had a presence in folklore for basically all of time. Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Those are some sexy elves, though. I mean, yeah. Orlando Bloom. Ugh, who didn't have a crush on Orlando, Orlando Bloom, Bloom as an elf? In his blonde mm. hair. And then I saw him with dark hair and I was like, oh, that's right, I don't like blonde men. This is much better. Yeah. <laughs> is he just tall or is he handsome? Is he handsome or is he just tall and white? <laughs> and the answer in Orlando Bloom's case is yes to both questions. Yes to both questions. He's, he's tall and white and he's also handsome. Yay! So but we're gonna he's take. He's also beautiful. He is. He's a lovely man, I'm sure. Legolas. If you have never watched the Eat Shit and Die Jessica video, I suggest you search Orlando Bloom Eat Shit and Die. It's a very funny interview. And it's about carrots. Anyway, we're going to take a look at some elfish history to start off my portion of the podcast. But it is important to remember that in the words of Wikipedia, elves are not objectively real. Yep. If you go on the Wikipedia page for elves, there's the intro paragraph at the top and then the first body paragraph. No joke is, let's talk about how they're not objectively real. And I'm like, all right, Wikipedia, thank you. So I got most of this from Live Science, Norse Mythology.org. Which is probably also not real science. Yes. Yeah. It's just a live science. It's fine. Thecompanyofgoblins.com, <laughs> ancientorigins.net. I too enjoy keeping the company of goblins. I mean, don't we all? <laughs> they have the money. All right. So when you think of elves, odds are you're thinking of the version that has its roots in North, North, Norse mythology. I just lisped hard on that. Well, the Norse live in the North. They do. Yeah. Yeah, the Norse yeah. remembers. That was another hilarious Game of Thrones joke to a person who has never watched Game <laughs> of Thrones. Anyway, most of our modern understanding of elves comes at least in part from a either 12th or 13th century work. I could not get a handle on when it was written. Mm -hmm. I saw it alternatively referred to as being in the 12th and 13th century, so yeah. sometime a long-ass time ago. But this work was by Snorri Sturluson, and it was called The Edda. And in it, he describes two kinds of elves. Hold on tight, y'all. I have a lot of words in languages I don't speak in Yay! this one. So, the first one is Dekalmar, which is spelled D-O-K-K-A-L-F-A-R, but the F sound apparently makes the M sound, so that's fine. And Eosalmar. So, Eosalmar are the light elves, and they live in Alfheimer, which <laughs> I'm trying so hard. It's one of 12 divine realms in Old Norse lore. So these are your hot elves, your Orlando Blooms, mm. your Liv Tylers. Anyway, so these elves are so hot that Sturluson describes <laughs> that they are fairer to look upon than the sun. <laughs> so they are literally like hot AF. Mm. Mm -hmm. And the realm they live in was located in heaven, and the light elves lived there in beautiful mansions. So, these are the good elves. 
These are the ones you want to bone. These are the ones you want to live with. Not the Dark Elves. Not the Dark Elves. Unfortunately, Dukalmar, again, there's an F in that word that you don't say. <laughs> These are the Dark Elves, who Sturlson describes racistly as blacker than pitch. So a lot of the description of these elves comes out of your standard fear of people who look different than me. Mm -hmm. So in this case, most historians think that it was they were trying to negatively describe like Romans because uh, this is kind Romans of Romans are darker, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. and, and like Romans were everywhere at this point because yeah. they had the whole yeah, empire yeah, yeah. thing, and so they were like, eh, these people are different. I don't like them. They're probably dark elves. So racism, yay! It's fine because as soon as you started talking about dark elves versus light elves, I was like, ah, yes, Link and Dark Link, <laughs> <laughs> or Lonk, yes. as I like to affectionately call him. He's beautiful. We love it's, him. He's Zelda. Yes, that's the boy. Yes, okay. Zelda is the boy. It's it's his story. Yes, the legend of. It's Zelda, him, yeah. The boy Zelda. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Spoilers. Zelda is the boy. So the Decalamar live in caves deep underground on Earth. Mm -hmm. So that's why they have easy access to humans, and they pretty much only come out to interact with said humans when they want to cause some trouble. So what kind of trouble? That kind. Well, sometimes elves stole babies from people who crossed them. Mm -hmm. They would also steal milk, cows, bread, and the hearts of impressionable young men. And by which I mean their metaphorical hearts, so their dicks and not their literal hearts. They weren't ripping hearts out of chests. They were ripping penises and sucking souls, probably. The thing from Indiana Jones. Yes. They, they weren't, <laughs> weren't Kali-Maing Kali people. They were, they were, like, seducing impressionable young men, and then the young men would be like, mm. I can't be around human women anymore. I'm hooked on elves. <laughs> <laughs> which is the much less successful cousin to Hooked on Phonics. Anyway, one such fellow who fell prey to a beautiful elf maiden was Merlin, who in Arthurian legend fell in love with an elf who tried to lure him out to the woods and kill him. Nice! But he escaped. So Nailed it. So she, she did not succeed. She'll get him next time. You got this, champ. The And these elves could only be stopped if you cut their sacred oak tree. So, otherwise, they were basically immortal, so you couldn't do shit to them, but if you found their special tree and cut that down, then they would die. I've got tree things in my stuff, too. Oh, fine! Yeah. yeah, it seems like a lot of elf culture is, like, nature-related. Yeah, we'll get into more of that. You know the Keebler elves? Yeah. They live in a tree. They, they do make, live in a they tree. They make cookies in, in trees. They do, and it's very dangerous it's during very the dry dangerous. season, as Elf taught us, the movie. Do you want to watch Elf later? I really do. Okay. I watched, it, it's, it's the holiday season, so it's just on TV, so basically yeah. any day that I'm at my parents' house, somewhere like on cable, elf. it's on Elf, uh, elf is on, and my dad's always like, hey, Elf is on. Yeah. Yeah, so. My dad doesn't like Elf. My mom likes Elf, my, but I don't get to see I don't think my dad, just... like, actively is, like, seeking out Elf, but if it's on, he'll just leave <laughs> it like, on, and he'll be like, fun. hey, Sasha, Elf is on. I left it on the TV for you because he knows, he knows that I like it, but he also, I think he does find it funny. He Good. just doesn't want to admit it. Good. I have it on DVD. That's the spooky thing that happened last night. You watched Elf? No. Um, <laughs> I was at a Christmas party in Richmond, Ooh. and I walked in, and I didn't see the man standing in my friend's dining room because I was, like, holding all this stuff, and uh -oh. I was, like, trying to, like, talk to her and be like, oh, where do you want me to put these groceries, Ooh. and da 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 And so I was talking, and I was following her into the kitchen, Yeah. and then Jack has all this stuff, and he walks past the dining room, and I just hear him go, ah! Oh. And then I was like, what? And he goes, ah! And everyone's, like, laughing and, like, freaking out and whatever. And I leave the kitchen to go into the dining room, and there's a giant cardboard cutout of Buddy the Elf going, yes! ah! Yes! <laughs> yes! So, 
every so often throughout the evening, I'd just like see this shape in the corner of my eye and be like, ah. <laughs> so yeah, there's a buddy. She has an elf buddy, the elf cardboard cutout. And Related. It, mo- it moves around. Like oh, once nice. in a while, they'll like put it in a different room. Amazing. Yeah. Related. I had a friend in high school who had the Legolas cutout. So life-size Orlando Bloom cutout and they kept it in their basement, which was great because when you go into their basement, obviously it is dark because it is a basement and you just see a human man just standing in the dark. Yeah, the so friends that, that I fun. the friends I wanted to visit this morning, but it was snowing. Yeah, the Matt's father has a cardboard cutout of the George Clooney Batman, <laughs> um, and in their basement Amazing. and. There was a party when I was like it was like the end of ninth grade, yeah. and I was using the bathroom and looked out the looked in the mirror while uh-huh. I was washing my hands, and there was a human man standing in the mirror behind me. <laughs> it was Batman. Oh. I screamed. Everyone thought I was being murdered. You were by I George Clooney's George, Batman and I, those yeah. nipples. Those nipples. Those rubber nipples. Yeah. So cardboard cutouts. If you have but, one, email yeah. us and tell us what it is. But yeah, she literally had an elf cardboard cutout. Amazing. I can't believe I didn't even bring this up. Earlier. I know. Yeah. This is we're talking about elf. Elf. Anyway, Keebler elves live in trees. Anyway, trees we're going to watch my DVD of it at some point at some soon because mm. I haven't watched it in years. Mm. Anyway. I have it in there too. <gasps> Twinsies, we can watch it at the same time on different TVs. It's a good movie. It's a great movie. It's a lot funnier than it has any right to be. Anyway, he's, back to elves. He's an angry elf. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So elves also used to get the blame for everything from minor inconveniences in human life to actual death and dismemberment. So like... Is your, scapegoating. Yeah, for real, but scape elfing. <laughs> Scalfing. God. <laughs> I know what I'm calling this episode. Is your hair all tangled or is your horse's mane? That's because you've got elf locks, friendo. What if your kid was born with a birthmark or deformity? This would be a good game. It would be, but I didn't make one. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. I see the bones of a game. Yeah, that, the, I, the way I was writing this, I was like, this could have been a game. Oh, well. <laughs> Too late now. Anyway, so if your kid is born with a birthmark or deformity, they're elf marked. Ah. Is your cow sick or are you sick, Sasha? Yes. You probably got hit by elf shot and you want to be doubly careful because witches can also use the arrowhead. So you want to make sure you get that elf shot out of your gotcha. system. Yeah, you got elf shot. Do you have bad dreams? Yes. That's also elves. Damn it. Alptraum in German means nightmare, but it literally means elf dream, because in German folklore, elves would sit on your chest while you slept and cause nightmares. So, yeah, in, that's, I'm not bringing it up in my research, but while I was doing my research for yeah. the Japanese one, one of the scary angry elves, oh, no, 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 scary elf, one of the, one of, like, my favorite elves from Japan yeah. does that too, where he'll, oh. like, sit on someone's chest. It's just a fun prank. Ah. Let's 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 sit on well, this guy's person, chest and maybe kill them. That person gets Alptraum. Yeah. So that's a good time. All right, and do you have a weird rash? Yeah, no. Ugh, I don't. You've got Elveblost. Elveblost. Which means elf puff or elf blown. <laughs> you got blown by an elf. And the only treatment to get your skin back to normal is to get a set of bellows and just blow hard right back. Oh god. It's so good. In the British Isles in Scandinavia, elves were also sexual deviants who often tried to seduce and kidnap unsuspecting humans. In some versions of this lore, elves were also responsible for kidnapping human children and leaving their progeny instead, which are changelings. And then there was a whole rabbit hole about, like, etymology of oaf originally starting out as elf, but then oaf was changeling, and then changeling became elf, and then it just got all jumbly-wumbly. So if you want to read that, that's on Wikipedia. Have fun. 
Anyway, in reality, the whole myth of changelings was probably just a way to deal with a baby dying because back in the day, they did that a lot because we didn't really have medicine and everybody was sick all the time. And if you got sick, you died. And because everything was horrible, it's a lot easier to watch your baby die if you go, oh, that wasn't my baby. That was a changeling. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. So it was like a coping mechanism, being like, well, I mean, I guess my kid is being raised by elves, which is a bummer, but at least they're alive and healthy there. Not like this weird changeling baby who died. Unsurprisingly, in Scotland, they made a clear connection between elves, which they believed lived alongside regular people, so kind of like hiding in plain sight, and witches. Oh, Some of those who gave testimony against accused witches in Scotland cited that they themselves had been impacted by the elf associates of the alleged witches. Then over in Germany in the Middle Ages, elves were most known for their deceptive powers and their ability to bewilder. They even have a proverb for it. The elves are deceiving me. Hmm. Deceptive. Deceptive. But it's not all death and destruction with elves. Most folklore also agrees that just as much that elves can cause illnesses, Mm -hmm. they can also cure them. But they usually want some sort of a bribe or sacrifice before they do you a favor. So basically, elves invented insurance. Rumpelstiltskin. Yep. And then I put in my notes, hashtag elf care for all, (laughs) which is hilarious. (laughs) So laugh at me. (laughs) That could be a subtitle, elf care. Elf care for all. I love it. Elves even occasionally bone humans and produce half-human, half-elf babies who, despite their human appearance, have elfish magical powers. That's like the best of both worlds. I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's what we all hope for when we bone people, is that your kids have magic powers. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Or that you don't have kids. It's up to you. Make your own body choices. (laughs) (laughs) A Swedish elf variation, Elvor, are beautiful ladies who live in the forest with the elf king. And this is one of my favorite bits of elf lore that I came across. These elves mostly dance in meadows on misty mornings and nights. So you know how when, like, it's Mm -hmm. really warm or really cold and you just get that mist? Mm. That's when the elves go dancing. Mm. They would leave behind circles where they danced, and usually you could tell these circles because they would have a ring of mushrooms. Oh, like fairy circles. Exactly. That's exactly the origin of fairy circles. Mm. And these were... Could be elves. Could be elves. Could be Could be a nursery. (laughs) Could be fairies. (laughs) And these are called elf dancer or elf ringer. So those are the fairy circles. Aww. And everything is fun in games with the circle unless you pee inside of it, which will give you a venereal disease. Good. Yeah. So if you're like, see that circle of mushrooms? I'm going to pee in it. You might not want to. But also, that could explain things away. Yeah. Like, oh. Honey, why is your penis hurting? Oh, I peed in the elf circle, babe. I didn't cheat on you. It was the elf circle. I just peed right in it. And now my penis hurts. Anyway, (laughs) it was also not great if you watched the elves do their morning or nightly dance, because even though to you, you would only watch them for a few hours, it's sort of a fairy tale common trope where only a couple hours to you goes by, but then you come home and centuries have passed. Yeah, that that happened to that one guy in America. Uh, Rick Van Winkle. Rick Van Winkle. Yes, that one guy in America. (laughs) I just know Rip Van Winkle's American. I know. I, I know, but I just love, you know, that American guy. Like, um, <laughs> not Bill Gates, the other one. I knew it wasn't Rumpelstiltskin. I knew it started with an R, but I didn't want to say Rumpelstiltskin again. <laughs> Rip Van Winkle. Rumpelwinkle. Rumpelwinkle. Rumpelwinkle is also what you get if you pee in a fairy circle. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> 
Oh, so gross. But anyway, unfortunately, after the heyday of elves in long ago times, the legends kind of languished. Mm Mm-hmm. Iceland still held on to its elf beliefs, referring to them as the hidden folk and believing that they dwell in large rock formations, which are pretty common in Iceland. As recently as the late 1930s, a construction project was set to build a road through Eifhol, or Elf Hill. I'm not good at speaking mm-hmm. Icelandic, but here we are. And this was one of the most well-known elf homes in Iceland. Mm-hmm. But the construction project hit multiple snags after it was announced. First, money problems caused a 10-year delay in the groundbreaking, mm. which, like, honestly, you hit your aid and it's like, how about we just don't build this fucking road? Right. But whatever. Then, when they finally got started, they broke ground and they're like, let's build this fucking road. Workers kept getting set back because their tools would mysteriously vanish and their machinery would break. Mm. Ultimately, the road was rerouted to go around Elf mm-hmm. Hill because they were like, let's not fucks with it. But then in the 1980s, humans tried it again and they were like, let's build this fucking road through Elf Hill. But when the workers tried to demolish the hill, their rock drill broke into pieces. And this is a drill that is literally designed to take on a very hard substance. Right. And it just like noped on out after trying with this particular rock. So magic. The workers, magic. So the workers are like, you know what? This is probably fine. We have a backup drill. Let's just get the backup drill. But once again... The backup drill broke. Yup. <laughs> broke right up. So the workers at this point are thoroughly spooked and they're like, you know what? We're not fucking touching that hill. No. You can do whatever you want, but we're not sticking around. So this hill is now protected as a cultural heritage site. That was good. And in 2012, Iceland passed laws so that all places that are alleged sites of magic, folktales, or other customs are protected. Oh, nice. And any accidental damage of these sites that may be home to elves are reported almost immediately. Damn. Yeah. Like, they police that shit real hard. So, good job, Iceland. But despite... Iceland was kind of like the last holdout for elves and Mm -hmm. still is... Largely, they disappeared from the popular culture around the first millennium. They Mm -hmm. just kind of, you know, they weren't cool anymore. Nobody was about that life. And then... In 1822, Clement Clark Moore published A Visit from St. Nicholas, which came to be more commonly known as Twas the Night Before Christmas. For probably the first time, Santa Claus himself was described as a right jolly old elf. And just as a side note, before the rise of St. Nick in Sweden, the Yule Goat was the gift giver, but by 1891, this all changed. <laughs> Let's make goat noises on our podcast. <laughs> Santa then got linked to elves because of Tom Ten, who was an elfish farm guardian who dressed in a red cone hat and kind of looked like a garden gnome. Yeah, those are my favorite, like, Santa decorations are the ones where they kind of look like a little bit like a gnome. So this is is where that came from. It's from Mm -hmm. Tom Tens. And thus began the festive tradition of elves. It sort of took off after that. Louisa May Alcott, who was most famously known as the author of Little Women, Mm -hmm. she completely wrote a book called Christmas Elves around this time, but she never published it. What? Yeah. I don't know. I don't Hmm. know if we have a copy of it anywhere. I don't, I didn't look into it, yeah. but I was like, I wonder why she never published it. Hmm. But she wrote a book about Christmas elves. Maybe she was too close to the truth. <laughs> the elves silenced her. They were like, we're just going to feed you cookies so and you so can't talk. she wrote talk. the book Little Women instead. <laughs> I think this was maybe about Maybe about elves. Ma- probably. Little women. The- <gasps> Shit, you blew this wide open. Mm-hmm. Anyway, raise your hand if you were really upset when Joe's book got fucking burned. 
I was fucking devastated. And I, like, never forgave Amy. Mm-mm. Like, never. And then she ends up with Lori in the end. And I got so mad about that. And I was mad about Lori, too. Anyway, this is not my Little Women podcast. That's coming next week. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so this book even though it was never published, was the first instance in literature in which elves were described as being Santa's helpers. Aww. So fairly recent that we had the whole Santa comes with elves thing, like Hmm. 150 years ago. Then in 1857, Harper's Weekly published The Wonders of Santa Claus, a poem that described the man in question as having, quote, a great many elves at work, all working with their might to make a million pretty things, cakes, sugar, plums, and toys, to fill the stockings hung up, you know, by the little girls and boys. Aww. So nice. Christmas elves further blew up when the extremely influential Godey's Ladies book put Santa surrounded by elves and toys on its cover in 1873. Mm. And you're like, Godey's Ladies book does not actually sound important because who cares what ladies do? Keep in mind, this is the same publication that is believed to have popularized the modern Christmas tree Mm -hmm. because in 1850, they put on their cover a picture of the modern Christmas tree. So... You know. Yeah. Now we have Christmas trees. So Godey's Ladies Book got shit done. Anyway, this image was captioned, here we have an idea of the preparations that are made to supply the young folks with toys at Christmas time. And it made a huge impression. Hilariously, from a modern perspective, an editorial in this same issue of Godey's where they're like, look, the elves are making toys. Godey's actually cited that in reality, toys weren't made by magical elves, but by poor foreign workers, saying, quote, whole villages engage in the work, and the contractors every week in the year go round and gather the six days work and pay for it. Go off, Godey's. Say no to sweatshops. (sighs) Unfortunately, part of the popularity of the toy-making elves was because it kind of put, like, a rose-colored filter over capitalism. Mm -hmm. Because Santa was a titan of industry getting fame off the backs of some workers. But don't you worry, kiddos. They love working for him and not being compensated. They just, they love watching him succeed. That's all the compensation they need. It's okay that they don't get elf benefits. And elves kind of snowballed from there. Norman Rockwell painted Santa surrounded by elves working quickly to finish a dollhouse. Disney released a short in 1932 called Santa's Workshop in which bearded elves sang, prepped the sleigh, brushed reindeer teeth, built toys, and gave advice to Santa as he finalized the naughty or nice list. For example, Molly was okay because she eats her spinach every day, but another kid who does not wash behind his ears goes on the naughty list. So wash behind your ears and eat your spinach. Buddy the Elf's dad is on the naughty list. He is, and it's devastating. Mm-hmm. Like, so bad. And also, no one believes in Santa, and now the sleigh doesn't go. And also, Zoe Deschanel. <laughs> anyway... Somehow more upsetting than the glorified worker exploitation that the elves came to represent is the new tradition of elves. In 2005, author Carol Abersold self-published a book about an elf that came into houses to report on children's behavior in the days before Christmas. Oh, no. In a stroke of marketing genius, Abersold's book was paired with a toy elf. And now the elf on the shelf teaches children the importance of understanding constant surveillance and also being afraid of weird pointy face monsters that are obsessed with them. One of my students last year was telling me that her family, they named their, I can't remember what they named their elf on the shelf, Mm -hmm. but its initials are NSA. (laughs) 
was like, at least you guys have a sense of humor I about mean, it. I mean, yeah, respect. And, awesome. like, you know, she was, like, 18, and her yeah. sister was 17. So, yeah, like, so it was, like, not... Adult children. Yeah. 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 Nancy St. Alban. Yeah, it was something, like, Nicholas. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. It was I funny. love it. I was thinking when you were talking about, like, elves in the 21st century, okay, we've also got J.R.R. Tolkien. Yes. And then we also have the house elves from Harry Potter, but we don't have to yep. go into that. No. Those are basically the only... But, like... Only non-Christmas elves. Yeah, name three well-known elves from, like, culture. You have mm. J.R.R. Tolkien, Lord of the Rings. You have J.K. Rowling, house elves. And you have Christmas elves. That's it. Happy little tree elf. Happy little... You know, the happy little elves from The Simpsons? Like, the really old Simpsons? Oh, Yeah, happy little yeah. elves. Yeah. Wow, that takes me back. Yeah, it's, like, really That old. was also, like, 30 years ago, though. We were elderly, Sasha. No. <laughs> tangential and you can cut this out if you want to i need to tell you we're we're looking at you know graphic novels and learning about like visual storytelling and whatever in my english 11 class and one of my students was like yeah i was thinking you know like you could make a story all in black and white but only highlight certain things in a special color so they stand out more and like maybe you could use that for foreshadowing i was like yeah he goes i got the idea from this like really old documentary it's about the holocaust and is he talking about Schindler's List? Yeah, and I kept listening to him, and he was like, yeah, there was, like, a little girl in a red coat. Oh, my God! And I God. stopped him right there. I was like, Schindler's List? He goes, yeah. I was like, that's not a that's documentary. Not a documentary. And he was like, that's not a documentary? And I was like, no, it's a film, but it is based on real people. It is. But it's not a documentary. No. And also, it only came out 25 years ago, so yeah. it's not, like, really, really old. He goes, I don't know, 25 years ago is, like, a pretty long time. And I was like, <laughs> I'm 28! <laughs> you bastard! You Referencing this really cool stylistic thing Ugh. from Spielberg's Schindler's List, right? Uh, yeah, as right? soon as you were like, but then black he was like, it's really old. <laughs> like, as soon as you no. were like, black and white, but using a color to highlight things, and I'm like, is the point of this story that he doesn't know Schindler's List did that? No, but like, it's this, worse. But at the very least, like this kid knows what Schindler's List is. At least there's that. But he also called me old. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, you're so old. You're older than the movie Schindler's List. I know. Oh it came my out god. When I was Isn't Liam Neeson in Schindler's List? Yeah. He still acts and shit. He's still an action star. He's and, taken and, full and granted. It, yeah, I just don't understand. I just can't. Anyway. Anyway. Okay, so, dusty old crones here on Spoop Hour. So so I, I did my research on Japanese elves. Um, and not dusty old crones And not dusty like old gro- crones like us. Oh, God. We're so old. Neither of us uh, is 30, for the record. Right. <laughs> but we're elderly. It's That's fine. Insane. What the actual fuck, cat? How did you do that? Somehow my cat, we have a little glittery pumpkin on the trunk behind our podcasting couch, and somehow Cone Cat managed to knock into it so that it like shook back and forth and got our attention, and then disappear. She's too quiet. She's become too powerful. Anyway, tell me about elves. So I have a bunch of different things that are basically tangentially related to elves, because again, like I said earlier, there's no like one-to-one elf. Yeah. And... Like, there are, you know, words for it if you're thinking about, like, Western lore that's been translated into Japanese. But we'll, well, yeah, Edufu, but also, like, uh, Kobito. Oh. We'll talk about that later. Okay. Like, kobito meaning, like, like little, literally a small person, right? A small person. So the first one, I'm going to go from, like, scary ones to more friendly ones. Yay! Um, so, number one, elf on the shelf. You no, know, number one, elf on the shelf. Shelfu ni aru. I tried. Oh, I love it. I'm okay, so, so the now. first one is Mazoku. Okay. And they're supernatural beings, and they usually are evil, kind of like demons and devils. Mm-hmm. The, and the, there's a 
group of them called Mao who are the rulers of the Mazoku. Okay. So you can think of them as like your dark elves, your evil elves. Okay. Frequently, Western elven lore has evil elf kings translated to be Mao. They th- tend to threaten human existence and defy the gods, so we shouldn't mess with them. Okay. And in popular media, they are best known for appearing in such series like Yu Yu Hakusho or Dragon Ball, which <gasps> tend to be very popular with the middle school anime crowd. <laughs> I remember Yu Yu Hakusho was very big when I was in middle school, and I didn't understand it. I remember when my brother was super into Dragon Ball. Yeah, exactly. It's a good time. And then there's also a series called Slayers by Hajime Ka- Kanzaka mm-hmm. that has Mao in them. Mm-hmm. And then... Kyokara Mao, which means Demon King from today by Yay! Shibuya Yuri, is about like a kid from the regular world who is transported to like the netherworld and finds okay. out that he was actually a Mao. Wow. And he's in charge of the Mazoku and he's like, but this isn't what I wanted. Oops. But yeah, so that's that's Mazoku, evil Pretty elves, legit. dark elves. Okay. And then there's the Amanojaku, mm-hmm. which are f- small demon-like creatures in Japanese folklore, like a small oni. Okay. But they're said to provoke a person's darkest desire and instigate them into doing wicked deeds. Interesting. Yeah. I did see a couple things. I didn't go into it Mm because it seemed very muddled, but there were some feelings that, like, there was a kind of elf that inspired, like, incubi, which are, you know, evil dark elves who prey on women Mm -hmm. and, like, fuck them. Yeah. So, kind of like that. So, one legend is the story of Yuriko Hime, or translated into English, Melon Princess, in which a girl miraculously born from a melon, like Momotaro or Peach Boy, is doted on by an elderly couple. They shelter her from the outside world, but one day when she grows up, she naively lets an Amanojaku inside. Mm -hmm. It kidnaps and devours her, and after which would sometimes impersonate her by wearing her flayed skin. I mean, that's super upsetting, but prior to that, I was like, can we please only call me Melon Princess from now on? <laughs> that's so cute. Uriko Hime. <laughs> yep. So wearing her flayed skin. And so that's in popular media, this one I found, so they appear frequently in manga and video games, mm-hmm. especially in different forms, sometimes as final bosses and all that. Like they're pretty scary dark elves. Yeah. But they show up also in Shin Megami Tensei, which mm-hmm. is the precursor to the Persona series oh. um, that's really popular right now. Okay. And the Amanojaku in that one kills and eats the protagonist's mother Ooh. and then impersonates her. Classy! Yeah. And so I was like, I'm not fucking with SMT. <laughs> that's okay. fun. <laughs> so going now more to like friendly cutesy ones. Yay! Sanrio in 1979 had a little set of characters called the Seven Silly Dwarves. Aww. And I know we're looking at elves, not dwarves, but they are also very cute. Potato, look, potato. Look at them. Oh, they're they so, so cute? cute! Okay, tag yourself. I'm the grumpy one holding peas. I think I am the little purple one with the berries. Actually, the but I also I might think it, be the little peanut one. I think I'm probably the lemon one, because uh-huh. I feel that a lot. But I also like this one. I, mean, I like, yeah. I, they're all, they're all good. really cute. I might be the lemon one, I might be the cherry one. Yeah. Might be the gray one, I might be the blue one. Between yeah. the two of us, we're all of them. We're all of them. They've got little lemons and peanuts and little, oh. you know, purple flowers Heck and yeah. peas and cherries and, you know. Broccoli. I think like. it, it maybe like broccoli? a parsley. Oh, maybe. And a mushroom. They're really cute. They're super so cute. We'll from, post them on the Instagram. Yeah. So they debuted in 1979, mm-hmm. and they're described as, and this is like the bio from the website when you go to their, their archive page of old characters, mm-hmm. there are seven simple little friends who have very different personalities, but get on very well. They share a love of flowers and animals, blue skies, and good food. They live dip, deep in the woods. That's hashtag goals. Right? And so I just thought that was really cute that they yeah. had these little like elf-like creatures. Yeah. And then there's this also this other thing in pop culture, well, okay, half pop culture, half 
this is just what an elf is. Yeah. So, Kobito, mm-hmm. it's a species of tiny people in Japanese folklore, kind of like Tom Thumb or Lilliputians. Oh, okay. And so, Kobito meaning small person. Gotcha. And so, there's not a whole lot that I could find on Google, because mm-hmm. right now, Kobito is like this pop culture thing where it's this funky series of characters that have human faces and weird little bodies, and they wear clothes based around plants, fruit, vegetables, and mushrooms. Cute. And I think it started out as like a book series or like a series of illustrations, but now they have like merch and everything. Legit. So I'm going to show you what their website looks like, because you get like basically a catalog of like what all of Mm -hmm. these characters are in the background. So... Oh! Yeah, they're really upsetting. Yeah, that's not what I thought they would look like. They no. sounded like they were going to be cute, but no, they are they not. No, are, these are not oh, cute. They're like, are hu- like aggressively ugly human faces. These you- are like deep in the uncanny valley. Yeah, and like yeah. thinking of, some of them are dressed up like Pikmin. Uh, I think yeah. a few years ago, that they did a... looks like a vagina. Yeah, like they're, they're pretty upsetting. But what I love is that like in 2014, they did a um, collaboration with Metamucil. So, like, Metamucil okay. Japan. Yeah. But it's, like, you can buy little keychains and stuff with them as well. Okay. But there's this one song that Jack's mom used to sing to him when he was little, and he'll sometimes, this is maybe a little personal, sings this to me to get me to wake up in the morning, and it's, he, he, he does this, like, spiral thing, oh, and, gotcha. like, little, like, tapping or whatever, yeah. but it goes, Ito maki maki, ito maki maki, hipate ton ton ton. And it's just basically like the little song about elves making shoes. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just really cute. So that's like my ex- only express like like exposure to Kobito. Fair. So let's But that's an upsetting thing to wake up to. Like the song is oh. very cute, but that face would be very upsetting. Oh no, to no, no. So like those two things are like very unrelated. Oh, okay, like, cool. Kobitos is yeah. like a very modern, like, okay. recent thing. Phew. Kobito themselves is older. Okay. But it's just, like, because it's a pop culture thing, you can't really find anything else gotcha. on Google right now. Fair. They're not at all. Like, the, that song about the Kobito song of Okutsu, yeah. like, that's just, like, past, like, it's not, uh, it has nothing okay, to do okay. with Kobitos. Phew. Yeah. Yeah. Kobitos Otherwise, is, like, every day you're waking thing. up to a fucking nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's Kobito and Kobitos. And oh, Kobitos okay. is, like, the pop culture thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thank you. Well, there'll be stuff on on the Instagram account so you guys can look at how upsetting this is. All right, so let's talk more about the ones who live in the forest. So if you've listened to any of our other episodes about, like, Japanese spirits or, you know, lore, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff connected to, like, the woods. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the things I found, like, especially talking to my mom, like, trying to figure out, okay, what could constitute an elf in Japanese culture, Mm -hmm. a lot of it had to do with, like, tree spirits. So the first tree spirit that I'm going to talk about is the Kodama. And Kodama are spirits that inhabit trees, much like dryads of Greek mythology. Mm-hmm. And you might recognize the name from Miyazaki Hayao's film Mononoke Hime, or Princess That's, Mononoke. I was like, I feel like I know that. Yeah, yeah this guy, right? Dudes. And so they are portrayed as small, bright white humanoids with large, rattling heads, kind of like a bobblehead, okay. and a simple mask-like feature with asymmetrical black dots for eyes and mouth, the mouth, right? Okay. I've got some that our third roommate got me for my birthday a few years ago. They're mm-hmm. tiny, they glow in the dark, and they live in my plants in Aww. my bedroom. But they, but the real kodama, like mm-hmm. outside of Mononoke Hime, are nimble and bustle about, bustle about mountains at will. And in traditional lore, their outer appearance is very much like any ordinary tree. But if someone 
tries to cut it down, they become cursed. So I was thinking about your Western elves. Where you kill them by cutting down their tree. But these ones, you cut down their tree and they're like, fuck Fuck you. you. (laughs) So basically the knowledge of trees that have Kodama living in them is passed down from generation to generation and are protected. Trees that have Kodama residing in them are often marked with Shimanawa, Mm -hmm. which are ropes um, used for ritual purification in Shinto religion. So if you think about like even the movie Totoro, there are some trees that are wrapped with rope without like Mm -hmm. white paper hanging from them those are you know sacred trees because they have spirits living in them those have kodama so they didn't specify in totoro that it's kodama Mm -hmm. but you can like put that together if you have the cultural background um and those ropes act as a ward against evil spirits and something to attract or inhabit good spirits like good you know the spirits of kodama gotcha so so they they do everything to protect those trees so Kodama kind of like a mountain god. So if you think of them as like these old spirits residing in the woods. Okay. In an old legend called Kojiki, there's a character named Kukunochi no Kami. Mm-hmm. And that was interpreted sometimes as a Kodama. Okay. Or in Genji Monogatari by Murasaki Shikibu. I know you know about this. The interpretation can sometimes be actually seen closer to a yokai. Okay. But sometimes they will also take on appearances of atmospheric ghost lights, like mm-hmm. will-o'-the-wisps or the hitodama we've talked about before, like mm-hmm. the ones that my mom saw when she was walking <laughs> around that island that one time. Yeah, with um, her cousins, right? With her cousin, yeah. yeah. And then there's, sometimes they'll take on the appearance of beasts, mm-hmm. maybe try to like get people to leave them alone. And then... Other times, they've been known to take the form of humans to meet humans and talk oh, to them. okay. The Izu Islands in Aogashima have shrines at the base of large sugi trees for Kidama and Kodama. Mm-hmm. And in the village of Mitsune on Hachijo Island, which whenever a tree is cut, they'll have a festival for the tree's spirit. Mm. And then we're going to talk about Okinawa for a little bit in next, but in Okinawa, tree spirits are called kiinushi, mm-hmm. and when a tree is cut down, basically you'd have to like pray to the kiinushi first, mm. and if there's an echoing sound of what sounds like a falling tree in the dead of night, it's said to be the upset voice of the kiinushi, and <sighs> you hear that, then a tree will be withering and dying soon. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it's like a banshee, but specifically for trees. Right. And so there's one spe- specific tree spirit from Okinawa called Kijimuna, Mm-hmm. And it's sometimes said to be related to or maybe a personification of Kinushi. Mm-hmm. And so Kijimuna are near and dear to my heart in particular. And I, I've always thought of them as a little bit elf-like because if you look at like the oh, u- yeah. usual telling of it, it's got like pointy ears yeah. and a big old head and it's kind of, you know, tiny gangly guy. Yeah. But I have like a lot of merch of Kijimuna from all my trips to Okinawa. Nice. And then you'll also, uh, we'll talk about some of the pop culture things later. But another word for Kijimuna is Bunagaya, even though I've never really heard of it as that. It's just Kijimuna. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think Bunagaya was something about, like, oh, it means large head. And oh. Kijimuna are they always drawn with pretty big heads. Yeah. But they're creatures of native Okinawan mythology. Mm-hmm. They're said to be, to look around, like, three or four years old. So they're very childlike oh, creatures. Wow. Okay. And they have large head, again, Bungaya. No, that's the thing I'm sensitive <laughs> bungaya, about. Bungaya, Bungaya. No! <laughs> you have a big head, Bungaya. <laughs> and they have lots of bright red hair that mm. is long enough to cover their bodies. And they're frequently drawn wearing grass skirts or a little red loincloth, depending mm. on the version that you're looking at. Nice. And so they, they're basically small wood sprites, mm. and they live in banyan trees that are native to Okinawa. And let me find a picture of a banyan tree so you can think, see like what this is. Like it's a tree with like lots of big branches and a big tree oh, cover. Okay, and gotcha. Yeah, so they're, if you, yeah, you'll see it on maybe our, on our Instagram, but they live in these like big maze-like trees. I suggest Googling it. It's really cool. 
but there are a lot of these in Okinawa and a lot of them are very, very old. And so that's where Kijimuna lives. And so they're also good fishermen and they'll eat the eyes of the fish first before they go and devour the rest of the body. All right. (laughs) And they're also very mischievous and love to play pranks and trick humans. And one of their favorite pranks to pull on humans is like what we were talking about earlier Mm. called kanashibari where you lie upon a person's chest making them unable to move or breathe hilarious another word for kanashibari is sleep paralysis (laughs) so if you're thinking about like how can i make this you know have a fun prank it's let me give this person sleep paralysis. It's a good time. But sometimes they try to make friends with humans, and they'll offer passage to humans by carrying them on their backs while leaping, you know, through mountains overseas, you know, just trying to help them get to their place if they mm-hmm. need help. But I think this is part of, like, a very particular legend. Mm-hmm. But they very much dislike if they're carrying a human on their back and the human breaks ass. <laughs> I mean... To be fair, I don't want anyone to break ass on me. Most people don't want to be farted on. And so if you <laughs> fart on a kijimuna, it'll drop you immediately no matter the location. It'll strand you. Fair. And so don't Again, fart. Again, I would probably do the same thing. So don't fart on kijimuna. Don't fart in my car. <laughs> um, and because of this, a lot of the relationships between humans and like the friendships between humans and kijimuna mm-hmm. will frequently end sour because one of them will either betray the other or prank the other. Mm-hmm. And so just basically you just be nice to them. There is a Lilo and Stitch series that was exclusive to Disney Channel Japan, Mm -hmm. where instead of Stitch living in Hawaii, he lived in Okinawa. Mm -hmm. And so there's this really great picture from one of the episodes where he befriends a Kijimuna. And this is like my favorite rendition of Kijimuna because it looks... big mood. It looks just like me. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's like looking at a mirror. But yeah, so Stitch befriends a Kijimuna in the the Japanese version of the Lilo and Stitch. It's like a Lilo and Stitch TV show. There's also another tree spirit called Mm -hmm. Koropokuru. Okay. Also sometimes spelled as Korpokunkur or Koropokuru or Koropokunguru. All right. But sometimes also called Tsuchigumo, which... I think is basically just dirt clouds. <laughs> but Same. this is from all the way north. So if we're in Okinawa, which is the farthest south, we're going to go all the way north okay. in Hokkaido, and like the top, like the northern part of Hokkaido that's closer to Russia, okay. where the Ainu people live. Oh, yeah, yeah we've yeah. talked about them a yeah. lot. So, so the Ainu are the, the indigenous people to Hokkaido, mm-hmm. and then the Okinawan people had their own like indigenous people as well. Mm. So Ainu people have a legend about small a small ancient race of dwarf or elf-like people so straddling that dwarf elf thing yeah thought to have inhabited the land long before humans arrived so the koropokuru are commonly translated like the name is translated to people who live under burdock leaves because they're so small like you know like go look up a burdock plant and imagine like a little one living under there um, in st- some stories, a whole family can fit underneath one burdock leaf if Shit. the leaf is like four, you know, four feet across. But mm. the whole family lives under the bo- burdock leaf. Aww. By tradition, the sizes can vary. It can be two to three feet in height, or they can be little inch, like in inches. So thinking okay. about, you know, again, like very, very tiny very people, right? Yeah. So they are rather rough and primitive looking, with a large head, prominent brows, and short, squashed noses and reddish-skinned faces. So if you're thinking about like a dwarf or an elf, like basically just like an Ainu version of that. Gotcha. They were said to, even though they looked kind of rough, they were pretty sophisticated. They used a lot of tools like flint or stone knives, scrapers, and other simple implements, and they could make their own pottery. Oh, that's nice. They're very shy and they don't like to be seen, but sometimes they would trade with the Ainu, but only briefly and under the cover of night. Okay. So the legend for why they're no longer seen 
seen by the Ainu or anyone else in Hokkaido, goes like this. One day, a young Ainu man decided he wanted to see a koropokuru for himself. Uh-oh. So he waited in ambush by the window where their gifts were usually left. Mm-hmm. When a koropokuru came to place something there, the young man grabbed it by the hand and dragged it inside. It turned out to be a beautiful koropokuru woman Uh-oh. who was so enraged at the young man's rudeness that her people have not been seen since. Fair. Their pits, pottery, and stone implements that Ainu believe still remain scattered about the landscape. So I was looking at different sources online. Most of my sources were from Wikipedia, but I did some, like, a little bit of outside research. And Mm -hmm. there was one blog that said maybe uh, Totoro Mm -hmm. could be close to a um, Koropokuru. Because, you know, like, all the leaf on his head. Yeah, or, like, what do you think about, like, all of the little, even the smaller Totoros would carry leaves. Yeah. But I always thought of them closer to, like, you know, some variation on Kodama, because, again, they live in the tree. Yeah. Right. But but I do like the idea of the little leaf being like a send like a send off to the koropokuru. Yeah. So koropokuru look like this. They have like merch oh, yeah, in Hokkaido that, that mm-hmm. you know little old man like sitting under a leaf. Mm-hmm. And then there's this variation, oh, which is so like this cute. cute little hippie man under a leaf. And so that variation is actually from the Persona games. Like I mentioned earlier about, you know, Shin Megami Tensei had the, you know, evil one where is the skin. Mm-hmm. This one makes an appearance in Persona 5, which is my favorite Persona game. Mm-hmm. Really the only Persona game that I, I care about. <laughs> but it's a Persona of the Hermit Arcana. Mm-hmm. So the Hermit's not wanting to be seen by other people, so it fits there. And it first appears as a shadow in this one palace for the ar- evil artist Madarame. Don't don't worry about it if you don't care. But if you can do care, let's talk about it. <laughs> Email spoopower at gmail.com. <laughs> if you do care. If you do care about Persona 5. <laughs> little card, the little name of the character when you first unlock it is called Leafy Old Man. <laughs> and he is. Same. He's like a leafy old man. I love him. Amazing. And then the last forest spirit elf-like creature that I have is the Yamabiko. Mm -hmm. And Yamabiko is another creature related to mountains and trees. Mm -hmm. It looks like this... He's hanging out. He's just like shrugging. He's like, just shrugging. What do you want me to do? Um, <laughs> literally translated, it means echo, and it's oh. responsible for the natural phenomenon in mountains and canyons. Nice. They are a small creature that resembles a cross between a dog and a monkey, and it shrugs, <laughs> and I love it. It reminds me of that Shiba. You know that Shiba? Oh, yeah. Where, yeah. yeah. And it's literally in the same pose. Nice. But there are some places where the lore actually thinks of them more like birds. Um, but a lot of the art for Yamabiko it looks like this monkey dog. Sometimes Yamabiko are also Kodama, mm-hmm. and they're just the Kodama actually speaking out loud to answer a human's call, like, echo, echo, oh, echo. okay. And they are just res- basically responsible for repeating what you're saying. Mm-hmm. In some legends, there's a, another um, mountain spirit called a Yobuko, or mm-hmm. Yobukodori. So Yobuko version, it's a bird, mm-hmm. <laughs> that lives in mountains, and it like, is thought to give the Yamabiko its voice. And then the okay. Yamabiko, Uses its purpose to is like to, like, back. just to yell, yell back. Okay. And so it's, like, another small... So that one is, you know, it's commonly thought of more as, like, an animal and less of, like, an elf. But depending on the lore, you get different, like, reasons for that. But they're, again, kind of related to the Kodama and other tree spirits and stuff. So... My elf stuff was mostly about trees Yay! and very tangentially related to elves. But I was very excited because some of them do look like elves. Yeah, they definitely yeah. do. And like a lot of the elf lore is nature based. Right. Like you have, you know, elf circles that have mushrooms in them. You have, you cut down the oak tree, they die. Like that's, you know. And when you think about the, what was the, the 
The long one? The the <laughs> long one that with the fun name. Yeah. Kuropokuru. Uh, I was going to say, the one that sounds like Kuropi. Yeah, Kuropokuru. <laughs> it literally, it, just like the European elves, it's kind of like a tiny old man. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, and he lives under a leaf. I know we've talked about it before, but it's always amazing that, you know, everybody is from a different place mm-hmm. and we come up with similar lore. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I love it. It's so great. <laughs> so that was my bit on elves. Those are good elves. Now we have to go make elf cookies. And cure Sasha of her elf shot. Mm-hmm. You poor baby. Mm. All right, but so I made it through an episode. You I did. I'm really sure. proud of you. I so we woke, we went to bed very late last night because the part the right. I, we stayed over at their house and people were still making noise, and then we woke up early because we needed to beat the snow, even though it was snowing when we were driving out. Right. And then so Jack and I probably averaged like an out like you know four or five hours of sleep, and Oof. so we like crashed this morning. Yeah. When I woke up from my nap at like two in the afternoon, I was like. I don't know if I can oh. talk for an hour, but I talked for you an did, hour. You did, and I'm very proud of you. I'm happy. The this elves is... are very proud of you. And they better take away my sickness. They will. You have to leave them a bribe, though, so that you can get that sweet, sweet elf care. I'll leave them all of my snotty tissues. I like that elf <laughs> care kind of sounds like you're saying <coughs> health care, but with a cockney accent. Elf care? I don't got any of that elf care. I don't. That's my cockney. It's not very good. Harry Potter. Thanks for listening to Spoop Hour. Hardy Porter. Shillelagh. Shillelagh. That's where we're going, let's be real. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, thank you for listening for another hour. We hope that you are starting off your December proper. At this point, it's probably mid-December. Never mind. We hope that the middle of your December is good and not middling. If you have thoughts on what you would like us to talk about as we continue our month of holiday-ish spoop, go ahead and hit us up on any of the aforementioned locations at Spoop Hour on Instagram and Twitter or spoophour at gmail.com. Send us your stories. Tell us your stories. We love you. Thank you for listening. Oh, but also, if you... This is weird. This is my Kingdom Hearts Minute. No! <laughs> We're doing a one-off series oh, yes. with Maxwell from Relic and yes. from... The- what was the Everything, name? Is, Everything crystals. is crystals. The Final Fantasy podcast. Yes. Where in Maxwell and I are going to be trying to explain Kingdom Hearts to Courtney. I don't know if you saw my so, tweet earlier. If you have any questions about Kingdom Hearts or you want to say shit at Courtney about Kingdom Hearts, DM us. Yeah. Um, DM me at Spoop Hour or at Sashaniko. Yep. Or email us at spoopbauer at gmail.com. And Even if I'm the one who know. sees it on the Spoop Hour she account, won't understand, I won't understand it. I'm like, oh, those are words. Okay. Those are words. She knows that it's all, she knows it's English. She just I doesn't do. know what any of it means. So yep. so Maxwell and I will be teaching Courtney about it on a special series. I feel like we're going to intro with me trying to explain what it is, which is going to go real bad because I don't know what's happening. Oh, Maxwell and I have already started planning. Oh, good. We've, got, we've, got, we've been talking behind your back. Oh, good. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's that's my Kingdom Hearts Minute. Send us any questions <laughs> or ideas or like you should make Courtney do this. No, Especially don't other make fans Courtney who do anything. fans who um who do like Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Yeah. Like give me some inspiration. Awesome. It's, okay, awesome. All right, well that's Merry, a fun Merry look Half into, December. Merry Half December. That's a fun look into my future Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> uh, 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 have a spoopy day, y'all. Kingdom Hearts. Hey everyone, this is Sarah from Good Nightmare Podcast, a podcast where I like to talk about all things strange and unusual, whether it's mysteries, historical crimes, or fairy tale origins. I hope you'll come along for the ride and join me as we delve into some spooky tales. Happy listening!
I'm gonna open the curtains because it's supposed to be snowing right now. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> My phone says. I don't believe it. It's dark. <laughs> Turn on the porch light. It's still dark. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the end of the episode, folks. I really love snow. Oh, yeah. No, my phone's saying it's yeah. supposed to be snowing, too. Yeah. What, what the fuck? Not so... enough to close school tomorrow, though. I'm I mean, sure. isn't that the dream always? Yep, always. 